Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. This past year, we've been working our way through Mark's Gospel. Um, That's how the lectionary works. There's a three-year cycle. You get the year of Matthew, the year of Mark, the year of Luke. And there's four Gospels, right? So John just gets kind of sprinkled throughout them to offer, uh, to fill in some holes, to round some edges, to provide some seasoning, perhaps, depending on how you want to look at this and John's role in the lectionary. Um, But fundamentally, you get these three years where you focus on one Gospel. This is the year of Mark. So we've been reading through Mark. One of the details about Mark's gospel that you might have noticed this year is that Mark is um, very brief. He's a sparse storyteller. He doesn't dwell or linger in the stories. Um, I would venture to guess that most of your favorite details from a gospel story probably come from Matthew or Luke's version of the story, not Mark's, because Mark doesn't really have very many details. I mean, take, for instance, the story of Jesus out in the desert wilderness. Um, All that stuff about there being three temptations, that uh, Jesus and the devil kind of uh, argued with each other, they quoted scripture to each other, Um, the content of those temptations and potential spiritual meanings that you might take from that, all of that, that comes from Matthew and Luke, which is those two versions are each like 10 times longer than Mark's version which is just about a sentence uh, that says Jesus went out in the wilderness, he fasted, he was tempted, and he was fine. It's kind of it. And so in each of the years, on the first Sunday in Lent, we get the desert story. So in the Matthew year, we get Matthew's version. In the Luke year, we get Luke's version. In those years, we only get the desert story. But in the Mark year, I guess they thought, that's not long enough. And so they give you some stories around it as well. uh, Because just wasn't enough. So what that means is when there are details in Mark's gospel, it's almost like Mark is saying, you need to stop and take a moment because this thing I'm telling you, now I'm going to give you detail. It's really important. And I want you to take some time with it. Today's gospel is one of those examples because today's gospel is the healing of Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, is a detail that is screaming at us to pay attention. Bartimaeus is the only person healed in Mark's telling of the gospel that gets named. Bartimaeus is the only blind person in all four Gospels, who gets named. And the name Bartimaeus is doubled here. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Bar means son. So it's son of Davis, son of Timaeus, son of Timaeus. It's a doubling up, screaming at us, this is really important. And then that son of Timaeus, right? There's a parallel structure to Jesus, son of David. Again, saying this is really important. You need to pay attention to this. And in fact, that second part of it, Jesus, son of David, might give us some insight into this name, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Because who is David? Is David Jesus' dad? 
No, right? Jesus' dad is Joseph or God, right? Not David. David's is great, 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 grandfather. On his stepdad's side, Joseph's side. And so it's really not saying that his dad's name, his son of David, isn't saying he is David's son. It's saying that he is in this messianic lineage, this messianic worldview that Jesus is here to embody. To say he is the son of David is to say he is the Messiah, not to say that his dad's name is David. So is there a sense in which Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is trying to tell us that Bartimaeus' dad is not Timaeus, but Bartimaeus is somehow in some other lineage worldview um, like Jesus is as the son of David. If that's the case, then, who could Timaeus be? There is a famous book of this era by Plato called Timaeus. It is a book that everybody would have known. And um, it is a book that explains the world. It explains how the world is created, how the world is ordered, and how humanity is created and ordered as well. And it is very likely that what Mark is saying is that Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is a part of this worldview, that he embodies it, that he represents it, in the same way that Jesus here is part of this Davidic worldview. And it's really interesting when you start looking at these two books, Mark's Gospel and Timaeus, side by side, because there are these little references to Timaeus in Mark's gospel that really kind of emphasize this point that says this is very likely what is going on here. And one of those details that you see in both stories is a blind man. And it's a blind man at a really critical juncture. So in um, the gospel, we have this blind man at the junction between the first part of the gospel, which is all about Galilee and moving towards Jerusalem, and the second part of the gospel, which is entering to Jerusalem, being crucified, and being resurrected. So the Galilee ministry, the Jerusalem ministry, this is the junction point he's about to enter in. And for Timaeus, the blind man shows up at the junction point between the first half of the book, which is all about the ordering of the cosmos, ordering and creation of the world, ordering of the world, and the second half of the book, which is all about humanity, how humanity is created and ordered. And so at both of these really critical junctures in each of these books, you have a blind man. And this blind man is treated so differently in both stories. In Timaeus, the blind man shows up to be at best pitied. The blind man is offered at most lament 
But that isn't even something Timaeus really cares about. Because for Timaeus, the blind man has no value. Because for Timaeus, the most important sense of all is your sight. For Timaeus, all knowledge, all understanding begins with sight. And so in Timaeus, you get the blind man and there's, there's no value there for him because he cannot know, according to Timaeus. Now flip over here to Mark's gospel. And we have the blind man. And he knows. He understands who Jesus is. And it's a really striking understanding because we're coming off of multiple stories of the disciples not getting it. And Jesus having to constantly repeat himself to try and get them to understand. And here we are and we have the blind man, the man who, according to Timaeus, should not know or understand anything because he cannot see, he has no value in this world order that Timaeus has created. And Mark says he is the one who knows and understands. He has value. And so you find in Mark's gospel this sense that the one who is not supposed to know as the world understands things is the one who understands better than everyone else who can see, which is how we're supposed to know and understand things according to the world. And all this is falling on these stories in which Jesus is saying, do not be like the Gentiles. Do not do and order things as they order them. I am calling you to something different. And Bartimaeus knows and understands. It's a remarkable kind of critique being offered here of Timaeus. Jesus is saying, do not follow that worldview, but come and follow me in this worldview. This worldview, with all of its order, its structures, its hierarchies of who has value and who does not have value, that is not the way of God. Come and follow me on the way, the worldview of God. The vision, the dream, the imagination that God has for this world in which every single person has value, including the blind man who does not get value after he's healed. He has it before because he already understands. He already can actually see the world for the way it is. Jesus says, follow on this way, the way of mercy. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Follow Jesus on the way of mercy, on the way of grace, 
on the way of love. Because that is the worldview of God. That is the ordering of the world. A world in which a little child can be taken and put in the middle as an exemplar, as Jesus did just a few weeks ago. That is not the worldview of Timaeus, which would say that little child doesn't have any value yet. But Jesus says, yes, that child does. It's a worldview that says the first will be last and the last will be first. It's a worldview that says, do not worry about who will be on my left and my right. Because what's important is that I came to serve, not to be served. And we are called into that same life. Jesus wants a world in which we care for each other, in which we love our neighbor. Jesus is offering us this way, the way of Jesus, the son of David, not the way of Timaeus. Knitted together in love has been her theme these past several weeks. Because that is what we are trying to do, to follow Jesus on this way, to construct, to knit together that world that God wants of grace and mercy and love to knit together a shawl that will wrap this world in God's love. Amen.